Hey, welcome back to the Get Real Podcast. Thank goodness I'm back, because Brandon, I mean, he did alright. He's he's fine, um, but I am glad to be back. It's uh, It's been interesting. You know, we've been busy, both of us. We've both had our trials and our, like, our, you know, issues, but uh, we are here in Tama, Iowa, with my friend Maite, who is uh, my next guest, and um, Brandon, you got anything to weigh in? Jenny, your sister, that you completely forgot about. She's Your right. sister's going to join us, too. Um, obviously, this was stemmed from Sam knowing my table. Yeah. Your sister's going to jump in. So we're excited to bring it to you. Um, like I said, Sam kind of just softened that a little bit. But I the sure whole reason did. he hasn't been here is that damn baby. Um, so, yeah, I'm excited. I don't know anything about this story. I'm coming in blind, but Sam knows everything. And we're uh, excited to bring some side of it that is going to come from me not knowing, but Sam, who does know, and we'll get some good direction here and bring it to you. So I like to make a correction on that. I do know some of it. I don't know all of it, but uh, how I met Mate was actually um, working my job. I'm a delivery driver, and I was delivering to her business. Hey, what's up? Nice to meet you. I was working her business, and uh, I was putting stuff away. She'd come into the cooler and help me, and I'm a very open person. Oh, that's adorable. I'm a very pretty open person, and so um, our, I guess our relationships know from you invite me to come to Fourth of July, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. I won't lie to you. The first half hour of the podcast usually is like, and then after you have a few drinks, you start rolling in, and you feel really good, and yeah. everything goes pretty smooth. Okay. So, but don't don't feel shy. Um, Mate and Jenny are. Uh, couple of our, I mean, we don't have that many female guests, so this is quite quite an honor. So, I want to cheers to that, yeah? Yeah. Sure. All right, get in here, Brandon. <laughs> I just took half that ring. You better do it again. No, it's all right, I'll wait a second. All right, Mate, did you always grow up here in Tama? And Jenny, sorry. Yeah. Okay, I won't lie to you, when, uh, when we have this many guests, like, it is hard to kind of address. It's going to be hard to address. Both. To address both of you, yeah, at the same time. So forgive me if you're not sitting right next to me, but I got my butt seat right here. I well, love her. The only reason she asked, she asked me to join so I could co- cooperate to her story. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Meaning like prove it's real? Not proving that it's real, but like. She does seem like a liar, doesn't she? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Just to help me fill in the, like, the gaps. You know, yeah, it's definitely so like traumatic. Yeah. A lot of people forget do blackout or yep. try to forget stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I did accomplish a lot of that. So yeah, it's, it's very easy to do. I remember when you bring trauma up, you block yeah, it. I remember how I felt at that time, but I can't tell you like, look, this is what happened. This is what made me feel. You know yeah. what I mean? Oh yeah, I know so, exactly what you're talking about. I, I can tell you how I felt at that moment. So yeah. So I think what we'll start with is. I was just about to say this question is, does your trauma stem from childhood or does it stem from adult life? Did it start maybe in your childhood? And I mean, there's definitely a beginning to your story. Right. Now, the most traumatic may not be the childhood or adult, but did you definitely have some trauma maybe as a child? So, I think the moment I can remember is being like eight or seven. Okay. Okay. So, um, 
remembering bits and pieces of like big events, I can tell you that like changed me. So it's all like, okay, so what all happened there, you know? Yep, yep. Um, so from like that age, I don't remember that much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. But it definitely may have had its impact on who you are. Yeah. What you're saying, you right. just don't know details of maybe right. why or what. Yeah. yeah. Which is pretty normal that when you're that young to be able to actually process. Mm-hmm. Now to look back on it's different, but at the time to process it as a child, you don't have those skills of recognizing what you were going through. And yep. if you did those same yep. things as an adult, it definitely would. Yep. And you, you yeah. either repeat the process or you break the break the cycle. Yeah. 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 So what, what do you think the first traumatic thing that impacted your life was? Mm-hmm. Before you start, I want to say I don't even know what story she's actually telling, so I'm also coming in blind. She, 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 yeah, I never like she told, told her a lot of stuff either. Uh, Not until like later in life, but when she told me to ask to be a part of this, and he was like, "Well, he heard our our story and he wanted to know more." And yeah. I was like, "Okay, like obviously our when I say childhood was a big impact to it, but yet again, I was like." I don't know what she, what she has what, told him. So, and that's the key said. to trauma. So, and me and Sam talked about this a lot. Is so you guys really are living in exact, actual exact situation. What we will bring up, and I like how it's pointing that out. There's two people sitting here that went through the same exact thing. So what was traumatic to you yeah. may be different yeah. than what it was to yeah. her. So yeah. the point of where you say this was so traumatic, she may look at you and say, "You caught off guard if that's what you're bringing right. up." But I want to interject. Just so you guys feel comfortable. Like, this is not the, the direction I usually do is I kind of feel it out. And mm-hmm. then, like, but I'll, I'll let you know, like, obviously. Hold on. Keep, keep hold on. Long. Long. Absolutely. Which is why I'd like to summarize why we do this. All right. So, obviously. <laughs> right, dogs. Obviously, uh, right off the bat, I'm going to summarize uh, my, my story. You know, I remember when I was five. Uh, I remember that was like where I lost respect for both my parents. And it's like, if you, I have a 10 year old now and she still loves me to death and I'm still her hero. So I haven't fucked up nearly as bad. But undiagnosed schizophrenic mom, pretty sure. And my dad just wasn't around. He chose the worst woman in every room. And that's uh, created a barrier between me and my dad. Not that he was a bad person. And I don't think my mom's a bad person either. But like, there was a lot of trauma through that. Um, Brandon, once you. Uh, Summarize what you uh, what you went through. Um, so my kind of my story, you guys don't know, and why I got on the get real. I went through. I mean, I had a lot of tra- trauma as a kid. My I had a brother that died of cancer at 15. I went through a really rough divorce with my parents. A lot of things that had got me to a point in life where I had this outlook of growth, and I set goals. And I at 25 years old, I ran dealerships. I made 150 thousand dollars a year was really successful and then my trauma actually came after I found my success I was on top I got married my marriage lasted two months I was cheated on on my wedding night That's pretty good marriage so far yep. yep cheated on on my wedding night the same night an hour later my grandpa died and because I was upset with my wife for cheating on me on my wedding night she looked at me and said fuck you I'm not going with you to say goodbye to your grandpa who is deceased but they know I'm going to be on a honeymoon. Mm-hmm. So they leave him in the nursing room, home, like in the room, shut the door for us to come say goodbye. 
And I ended up on that night standing over my grandpa alone because of this whole situation. So um, attempted to fix things, attempted to try to make the relationship work. I had a couple stepdaughters that I couldn't get myself to step away from. Um, There's a lot of things that kept me involved. Plus my son, he's two and a half. Uh, he was already born because of COVID. We had our kid before marriage because we couldn't get married and whatever. So I didn't want to leave that family life and yeah. leave home. That was you, what I lived you know, for. You work at it, right? Yeah. Usually. Yeah, so I worked at it, and definitely I don't think there's a lot of people that would after that night, but I did, and I had a really hard time swallowing the fact of leaving the family and leaving my stepdaughters. Yeah. So you turned to? Cocaine! Yeah. <laughs> I started a business. I So now I'm got a new house, started a business, going through the trauma, not seeing my kid, and when I would work, I would feel good. Like I would, well, I wouldn't feel good, but I didn't think about the things mm-hmm. that were going on. Distraction. Exactly. Yeah. And, and so Brandon, money was coming to start over. Brandon likes to say he's the only person who actually made money on cocaine. And that's what happened is I started this business. I continued to work, so I was making the money, but also I wasn't having to think about the negatives of my situation because I was distracted with that work. Now, on top of that, I also was having night terrors from my PTSD of what had happened of standing over my grandpa. Like, I'd have this night terror in third person of standing over him, reaching for my wife's hand, and she wasn't there. So, I wasn't having the night terrors, I was making the money, and I also wasn't having to address what I was going through because of it. And then... It just wasn't coming home, but then you went sober... Well, and the big thing is I started, and we started about talking about this earlier, ADHD and your kid. I was diagnosed a year before this with ADHD. They put me on Adderall. Mm-hmm. How it all stemmed was, okay, I want to keep working. I would just take another Adderall. Mm-hmm. That's what I had access to. So mm-hmm. Halfway through the month, I'd run out because I'm taking them more than I should. Yeah. And a friend of mine said, here, try cocaine. It's like the same thing. You can keep working. And at that time, I thought I had... Definitely not the same thing. No. <laughs> I thought I had full control. And like Sam said, was it profitable? Hell yeah, I never stopped working. You're yeah. doing good. So in my mind, I justified, I'm in control of this. The only reason I'm doing it is the benefit it's having on my situation. Mm-hmm. And it, I, that was for a long time. I did, well, not a long time. This all lasted about 10 months, my addiction did. And finally, I realized I'm not in control. I always thought I had this idea that I could stop tomorrow if I wanted to. Once I got mm-hmm. where I wanted to go, once That's I had the money, yeah. once I got away from having those thoughts, I could stop if I wanted to. Yeah. And then I wanted to, and unfortunately yeah. I couldn't stop. He, uh, so he put himself to rehab, but then uh, before that, he crashed. I mean, Yeah, so I fell asleep driving six days before I went sober, but I was trying to go sober when it happened, and that's what, why I fell asleep. Yeah. I didn't want to tell anybody what was happening, yeah. so I was trying to go sober, driving down the road, fell asleep, went through that crash, Anyway, six days later... Got to see an episode of Bob Barker's Press is right. <laughs> Here's somebody else's yeah. TV. Yeah, literally, it was a Sunday <laughs> afternoon. I woke up to being parked in somebody's house on the TV, and the news was on in front of me. And that, at that point, like I, I still hadn't come clean. Six days later, I finally I came home one night, and it was like, tomorrow's the day. And I knew that I wasn't the dad I wanted to be, but in my mind, I was trying to get to that by doing all this. And yeah. Everything kind of came full circle, and... That day I chose to go sober, and been yeah. sober ever since. I'm, it's 15 months now, and after 30 days of sobriety, I told myself, 
I've always been the person that I want to learn how to do everything to the best that I can. Mm-hmm. 30 days later, I was like, you know what? Going to treatment inpatient is going to teach me even more, so why not? So, and I showed up at treatment 30 days sober, and they looked at me and they're like, what are you doing here? Like, <laughs> you were like, you don't have to go through detox. You've already done this on your own. Like, you've learned yep. these skills. Yeah. But I wanted to know the best that I could. And it was a hell of a summarization. And, and unfortunately, now yeah. it's really what's kicking me in the ass because I still can't see my son. My ex-wife is withholding my son. I get four hours a week with him. Um, and the whole reason is, is because she can say that I had addiction problems based on the fact that I went to treatment. There is no, I didn't get in trouble. In nothing. It's the fact now she can say, you're an addict because I went and got help. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's my story. We don't have to go into detail, obviously. So, Our guests have heard this story enough times. Moving forward, he yeah. uh, got a hold of me uh, through, you contacted Nate. Nate said, hey, man, maybe it'd be more Sam's podcast type of thing. And then we set it up, and then uh, it was pretty fucking great. We had a lot of positive reviews from people, and I was like, yeah, you should uh, not just hang around, but you should co-host this shit with me, and here we are, uh, but, so you were saying, like, you remember seven, eight years old? Okay, so, I figured out how to word it. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> I'm glad you had enough time. That's <laughs> to figure out how to word it. So, um, my whole life, my parents were either absent or deported. Um, I had to live with my aunt next door which was a relation by my dad's side. Okay. Um, There's, like, a lot of messed up stuff. A lot of drama there. So when you lived with your aunt, was she also at risk of being deported? She's not right now. No. Okay. She didn't have that fear of I don't even want to say deported because neither of them were. Our dad worked seven, six, seven days a week, and that was night shift. So he would sleep during the day, but... Obviously, we're kids. We can't take care of ourselves. So that's why we had to stay with our aunt. But our mom was in the process of getting her papers fixed or worked out. I guess there was some kind of issue. So she had to return back. But there wasn't any, like, deportation. Yes. Growing up, I was told she was deported. So how was that? And then, like, now that my parents are older, they, you know talk to her, have conversations. I was just like, you know, touchy subject, I'm not going to ask. How I remember you telling me was, I couldn't remember you talking about your mom, but I know you told me that your dad was like your hero. I mean, when you were a kid. My dad made it happen. And I know that, yeah. No matter the situation. No matter the hardships. And I remember, I feel like I thought you said your mom just wasn't in the picture. Yeah, she was just not there. And it's, growing up, I was always told it was because, she was absent because she wanted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's and growing so, up. That's that's why I was so angry and mad because I thought, okay, I was told she had a choice to either take us with her no. through the process or leave us here, so, which she, which she did, but she did not, because the way with there was some work and yeah, 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 and yeah. they would only let us go with her only for six months, right? Okay. And we were pretty young, and my mom's fear was when that six months came up. We were going to be crying, bawling, coming and then back. back through trauma. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Right. So then that's what she didn't want. So now go with her where? To Mexico. Because she, she did have to go back to get everything fixed and get everything sorted so she was able to return legally yeah. and everything. But my mom just 
the courts were like, okay, we can give you, we, you can take no, them, no. but they would yeah. only let you, we can only let you take them for six months, but then they have to return back to their dad. And is it a messier process going back to it's, Mexico just to get back here? Yes. Yeah. And from yes. a judge. Okay. So this is why it was so. Well, long. I get that. My divorce is me three years long. And you guys, were, you guys yeah. were born here. You guys, yes, were American here. citizens. When I was told my mom had to go back when I was eight months, so she didn't come back until I was started sixth grade. Not sixth grade, first grade. Mm-hmm. The first grade. So I was eight months when You're she like, left. So <laughs> I've only heard stories <laughs> and seen her, and but it, yeah, but she only came back when I was going into first grade, so what, six, seven years old. So I didn't really have her at all. So as you got older, you were able to have these conversations that were maybe going to be hard conversations as a child that you became more comfortable to have and was, was it a big shock to you that I you realized that, she, that you literally still had that yeah. idea that she left you yeah. and not knowing she did it for right. your best yes yes, yes yes after a while you're like man i i treated her like shit <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know well, and, and it's all perspective and that's right. like that's crazy because where i remember the story was there like your mom had a choice and she yeah, wasn't in the picture right. and your dad like made shit happen and then he right. got deported too or no he, he never was he i think he went to go visit her yes is my guess because he but did he, start he would go we would go to mexico all of us as a family growing up my mom well and we just had this talk tonight like there's been a, a lot going on in my situation where my son i have done everything possible and the same could stand behind this to keep I might have to stand by. Yeah, you might have to actually on a stand here soon. But I've done everything possible to stay cordial with his mother, even with everything that's happened, because that's in the best interest of kid. And I've had this fear of if I don't stay cordial later in life, I'm gonna have to look at Caden and tell him I didn't treat your mom right, or I was angry with your mom, and I didn't handle this correctly. Mm -hmm. But if I'm at that point where I have to turn to going about it in a way that's not that. I want to have the things in front of me that I know later in life I can indicate and say. You exhausted every option. This is why. I exhausted mm-hmm. everything that happened, but when it became a situation where it was negatively affecting him, mm-hmm. if I stayed cordial with his mother, instead of going after him to get him away from the fact of her mentality is, your dad's better, you know, it's better off, he never talks to your dad ever, and it's becoming more of a trauma now. Mm-hmm. And now it's becoming more traumatic to him now than if I were to, yeah. I wanted to be able to have that evidence and later to not have that false perspective That's like how you did. You. Because right. it definitely is it's very easy to have it. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's easy to tell your kids, hey, this is how it was. But it's, you know, if yeah. you can't have that opportunity. Yep. And, so, and like her, she's going to say all these exactly, things, Exactly, right? that's what I was going to say. Yeah. But I have to, I want to be able to have these things mm-hmm. on paper to say, yeah. this is why. I don't want to yeah. just be able to say it. I know it. Sam knows it. Everybody knows it. But saying it and actually being able to give him that comfort of knowing that that it actually was a thing Mm -hmm. is important to me. The fact that you had to fight for that right just blows me away being his dad with nothing on paper saying you're a bad person or a bad dad. This blows me away. But moving back to Mate. Um, Mate and Jenny. It's crazy though that like this is what I fear. Is for my my son will live this false conception, yeah, yeah. and it to affect him in a way that it shouldn't because yeah. you found that connection. Yeah. Because yeah. now you have this whole yeah. t- window of time that was missed with your mom right. that you would have respected so much. Yeah, 
Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, so the house that we lived in, so it was my aunt and uncle, then my grandma and grandpa, um, and, so, his and his sister, and my dad has uh, three sisters? Three sisters and, and three brothers. And three brothers, because my grandma yeah. had three and three. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So it was a big family. Um, so my dad's family was in a fan of my mom. So anything bad or negative that they could say, yeah. to they, me, did it. Yep, they did it. And this yeah. is exactly it. Like, I know his mother's going to say bad things, and they're going to... Oh, Push it that way in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, same and thing. It was just there's, no comments there's, like more that. Yeah. there's more there. There's more there. So, in living in that house, she had four kids already. So then it was us two, and then she had siblings also. So okay. she had, uh, I, I want to say she's got like a couple cousins. Um, so, what? Two sisters. I mean, growing up, there was only like four of us, and then the younger two came in a little bit yeah. after. Um, so, her family. Did you feel like they didn't want to take care of their kids? Yeah. So there was always a lot of kids at that house. Yep. So. so us four, and then us two, and there'd be at least you know ten kids there. At the most. And Did you feel like Cinderella a little bit there? Um, we were. We were. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We yeah. were molded to do all their dirty work. Okay. We yep. had to do dishes. We had to clean. You know, we had to pick up their kids' stuff. Yep. And, you know, it sucked. Yeah. And she, I mean, she molded us good. She did. You know, hell yeah. She I see treated you like second-class yep, citizens. Yep, yep, And, you know, her kids got first dibs. Then all of us could dance. Okay, so, yep, okay. Okay, so living in that kind of lifestyle. Yeah, but you're always on the back burner. For how many years? Right. And as that yeah. happens, you learn to feel like you're not enough, and then you're... Mentality towards mm-hmm. life is you're not enough, and you're constantly and then having to, and, but that's try not to get had. too fat from this person and not be too skinny from the other. Yeah. Otherwise, you don't get clothes. Yep. yep. So yeah, that's true. yeah. How long did did she mold you for? Jeez. <laughs> I cut off ties when I was I want to say a freshman in oh, man. high school. It took me a watch. It was her first, and she would always tell me, you know, I don't know why you continue to. With them, I don't know why you continue yeah. being so nice and with all the shit they did to us. But yet again, it was manipulation yeah. and molded into that kind of thing of like they are all I had. So yeah. what up? What am I gonna do to turn them away? Because yeah. yeah. um, we did everything out of love. Because we loved them. Your dad had to yeah. Be there. And they yeah. made and they made it known like you should be lucky you're here and not in a foster care. Because your dad had to be there with your mom. Some, some type, mm-hmm. of, type of narcissism. Really. Yeah. Well, my dad was working. My mom was all the way in Mexico, so he was working 24-7. Yeah. And it was uh, hard. He was a single dad, basically. Yeah. It was. was. For, you know, he was. I, he could barely... And that's hard to have not have a grudge, but he's right. not present, too, and I understand at that time why he's not there. Right. 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 Now you get it. Yeah, because I mean, his dad was sure pretty that... absent in his life, too, so he doesn't know what he's doing. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. they lived he on a farm. Trying so... to be dad and mom for a long yeah. time. Yeah. Yes. So... Which is crazy, because he's willing to put all that effort in to be a good dad, but it builds this false mentality of he's never here. But right. until you're old enough to process understand why. what he was doing, like, yeah. and that's what I was saying, like, to be able to process these things and the things you were going through at that time is so much different when you get older and you realize, and you have kids now. Yep, How many kids you got? Um, so I have four all together, one step, and then three, three of my own. Three ages. Ten, five, uh, three, and it's going to be two. So that's actually how, so I met Mate because, uh, well, 
the job. But then she was like, hey, you should come to our 4th of July party where she tried to hook me up. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Keyword tried. It didn't work. <laughs> I mean, uh, it's, her, her intentions are good. It wasn't a good effort. It was a good effort. It wasn't like bad. I just wasn't into it 100%. But my daughter, like, it left a lasting impression on my daughter because she just felt so accepted. And Sydney, yeah. your stepdaughter, like, yeah, same age. And mm-hmm. yeah, she she loved yeah, it here. They got along pretty well. They did. Yeah. And yeah, um, it's cool the people you come across in life that if you're a person that's open and willing to meet people and learn, like, learn about them and socialize, like, yeah. it brings you into so many circumstances that your kids can grow up around them. But there's a lot of people that close off any you know inter- any interaction they have through life they try to minimize that mm-hmm. and there's so much that can be brought to you by being social why I'm here right now is because a man Sam yeah. being social now this has brought me to you yeah. guys like so him being that way with you two now yeah. and it's cool because you that's what this is all about is bringing people as much as we can people stories because of who we are and how we are able to get in front of people and well sometimes when you ignore it, it just festers but when you talk about it like you help think it through and you get it out there and it's like i i feel a million times lighter like i i mean my my best friend passed away you know that like he passed away at a young age he had a baby at 17 his baby just turned 16 the other day like he never really got to be a part of i never guessed that never got to be a part of 16 16 yeah and uh he never really got to be a part of that kid's life passed away on his 18th uh you know he was just he was sad he turned to turned to some drugs you know things happened um and he took his own life and you know and then I, yeah yeah so when i gave you my summer i forgot that that was that was a major portion of my trauma i'm sure that guy was i'm sure he's hung like a tic tac so um what did Geyer call it? Uh, Little Dixon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, so yeah, it, I mean, it shapes you as a person. And then then you you think about it and you obsess about it. But sometimes when you put it out there, like, you get a different perspective is where it just keeps replaying in your head. I won't lie. Brandon, man, like, you've replayed your story in your head over and over and over again. I could see you constantly thinking about it. And... Yeah. And we talked about this when we were eating earlier. You choose to your trauma to be a negative thing that's affected your life, and you can look at it and mope on it and whatever, or you take that story, make it something positive. My best friend didn't realize he could fight for that. Brandon is a prime example of why dads have to fight for it, which is crazy. But like, we shouldn't have to fight for it. It should just be a given. We're dads. We like this this block. So, anyways, I'm gonna redirect now. So, do you think? That trauma that you went through as a child definitely developed who you are today? Um, yes. So, first, you know, I hated being there. So, my goal was, I'm going to be as bad as I can. To get oh, you were yes. bad, too. That's, right. That's a no, good way to go about yeah, it. Yeah, yes. Talk about um, how you know we were going, like, talking about earlier, like, going from the, the, the now backwards. Yeah. So that's kind of backwards. Right? That's a yeah. fantastic yeah. reaction. Yeah. So, <laughs> but this uh, is, uh, as a child, not being able to process things that we should do, for example. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I want to say I started 11-12. If I could ran away, I did. Okay. Um, 
So you're yeah. one of those fake Amber Alerts that goes across my phone. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, at night, we used to sneak out. We used to smoke cigs. But, like, the laundromat in the bathroom because it was so cool. Yep. Um, I have a question. What's the age difference between you and Jenny? Um, I'm actually three years older. Okay. So. All right. Continue. My bad. <laughs> so. The laundromat. Yeah. So I was yeah. always a trouble child. Um, so I, I got treated differently. I was at risk, you know. You got some snotitude about yourself. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so with, with her acting out, I felt like I needed to be the perfect child. Ooh. So is, I needed to pick up the slack for what she was doing. An even higher pedestal when you're yes. already under like yes. ridiculous circumstances. Oh, so yeah. she had to do it twice the dishes because of that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes, yes. So. Um, and do you think, obviously you started acting out any young age, yeah. which a lot of people do that are going through trauma. I mean, it's really hard to like, go back to. Yeah. It's hard to process it at yeah. that time. You don't yeah. know how to process yeah. it. You don't know where to go with it. Mm-hmm. But as an, as you kind of started hitting your adult years, did you find yourself going through situations that you were resorting to emotions that maybe yes. happened that you didn't have? Like, yeah. It, okay. So I was, yeah. with, Over. I was I feel like with relationships that's where it affected yeah. us, how we attachments to some people we do it too fast or we take a lot of time or we'll stay with somebody who will treat us like shit and we'll you you go for lightning and not butterflies Mm -hmm. gotcha because that lightning is exciting and it's fast and and you're addicted to trauma but it was also normal yeah I think that's the key thing here is you guys live that normal you develop an addiction to trauma unhealthy yeah Yeah. and they had a lot of family members that were you know drugs so we saw a lot of the outburst, uh, a lot of the drug busts. Okay. Um, I remember being at least close to Sydney's age, and we were passing like one of their family members' house, and it was just all kids in there. So I want to say at least oh, what God. four, five, six, six of us. Um, so we pulled up to. It was I supposed think, to be a raid, and we didn't know it was happening. I think I know. So what my you're uncle went ahead and pulled into the driveway, right? So you know he was like, you know what's going on. He saw cop cars, but he saw it a block away. This isn't where I parked my car. At, so, <laughs> I remember this differently. Because, no, because they were arresting no, no, somebody, you right? For, you go through the yeah, 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 yeah. So he was getting arrested, and he waved, right? And my uncle waved, because it was, you know, this woman's family member. Okay. So then we go up to where they live, or it must be their parents' house, because he was going to go tell the parents. Yes. Okay. Yeah, that and was it was a drug raid happening, and he didn't know that. Damn. So we pulled up to the driveway, and I, want, I don't want to say we were there long, because all I remember is having all the doors open, mm-hmm. and there was SWAT team having these big guns yeah. pointed at us, so like this like, door like away. Like yes, oh my God. yes. You know, all of us, some of us in car seats, and like, you see all these guns, we were like, holy shit. And, and how they, old were you at this point? I want to say 10. Did you have 11? an idea that this was all going on around you? So, like... That'll shake no. you sure. You didn't. It's just I knew, awesome. Yeah, so I knew that, you know, people would come over to the house who, you know, wasn't there for that long. It wasn't more of... It was my aunt's side of the family mm-hmm. that was going on. But she was going... Cause I, yeah. I was going to say, I don't know. Like, I w- it was just, like, people coming over and stuff. You guys, right. at that point, were old enough to understand. Yeah, that. so we knew something family was happening. Members. But then, it would be family members. Yeah, so we just thought, yeah. yeah. Uh, but no, it, it was actually, you know, drug deals going on. 
I have no more questions. Playing, so, you know, um, so, so, so funny. I just I told this, your side. Yeah, I told this story not that long ago. My uncle, because uh, in the morning my dad would take us to school, but in the afternoon my uncle would take us up from school. Okay. So we were waiting uh, for the, we, I was in elementary, she was in the middle school, so we waited for them to get out of school. And so when we leave, he went like a back way. But I remember seeing um, this relative getting arrested. There was a black car right behind him. He had him on the hood. My uncle recognized who it was. So he did a U-turn. He passed the same people once again, the Ooh. cops and all of that. And he went to the house of that, uh, not parents. the parents' house, yeah. to tell him what was going on. So we pull up. He knocked on the door. It was a short couple minutes saying, like, hey, you know, we saw your son get arrested. Just wanted to let you know. Next thing you know, there's a, uh, I didn't notice it, but there was this car coming up, speeding right fast, and he opened all the doors at once, there's four people, because there's four doors. Oh, dang. Pulled, pulled the gun at all of us, we were all kids, and he, the cops thought we were a part of it. Yeah. So he, he thought we were, like, we were going to tip them, the other family members yeah. off. I said, so we kind of did, we told them off. Yeah. Um, but he thought we were a part of it, so that's why he was like, what the hell are you doing, like, uh, we saw you drive by twice. Like I remember yeah, this so vividly. Was screaming. Yes, get your hands up. Yep. Like, we're all kids. We're just Literally, like. Yes. I was froze. You painted a beautiful yes. picture. Yeah, that's that's how it happened. I'm not sure how you got it that way, but literally, because that lived in my head vividly, because that's how it happened. And it's crazy because I told this to my boyfriend not that long ago. I was like, you know what? You know what's crazy? And I told him. Yeah. And he was like. And you were seven up. Around that time, yeah. because I want to say I was in middle school, yes. you were elementary, um, and then... Uh, What's it like having a gun pointed at you at that age? Scary. So yeah. sometimes I don't even remember it until it comes up in my head, like, because it is blocked off. Yeah. yeah, and the weird part, the, everybody was, the guy who opened my door, right when he saw who I was, he, like, pulled that freaking gun down, and he's like, look at my eyes. And I was, like, locked. Is you not trying to traumatize I, 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 remember, <laughs> that was so weird. I remember everybody yeah, else in the true. car crying, freaking out, yeah. and honestly, I was frozen. I did not realize what happened in coming home back to my uncle's house. Everybody was still in tears, and I was just playing outside. Damn. I don't know like what, I don't know how, why it felt that way, but I remember just playing in the yard while my grand, my uncle was telling my grandpa because they were outside, um, and I was just playing in the... I don't know what I was playing with. It was like some kind of cards. But that's what I remember. That and, whole thing. And that's the big thing. The impact between the two of you. You have clearly processed this in a totally different way. Mm -hmm. Both were in the same car. Same yeah, situation. Same yeah. everything. Mm -hmm. But you, between what maybe one of you is blocked or not blocked. Or one of you... It impacted more. You yeah. definitely have that different outlook on it. Right. Yeah. So as this happened now... Where did life go from there? Yeah, did so you tend. People go away, people... And then... They weren't really very close. We just knew them by family. Yes. So it didn't really impact us yeah. when they So left. when they had family functions, she had to drag us to, okay. kind of thing. Okay. So, you know, we knew them or whatever, but we were just more in their way. Okay. okay. When, when they did family stuff. Yeah. We Got weren't it. a part of the family because we weren't related to them that way. I, you know, I kind of get that. Like, 
I had to explain to my daughter, like my, my sister's my daycare provider, and she's like, she, she always treats, you know, my nephew differently. Like, he gets kind of, and I was like, well, she puts her family first. And it's like, and I've tried to explain this to her, like, listen, I'm, I'm also your brother. She goes, yeah, but my immediate family. And it's, it's, it's interesting. It, it's a tough, yeah. It's, it's, it's tough. I mean, like, I don't think my sister, like, my sister loves her nieces. Yeah, it's not intentional. You know and, what and I mean? And she it's, wasn't mentally it's, stable either. It's so called, we'll, we'll put it that way. It's yeah. called an implicit she, she bias. Loved, she loved to drink. Mm. So she, what, she was an angry drunk. Okay. Oh, God. So, you know, we would go, they would plan, like, picnics. So it would be her and her sister mm-hmm. and a cousin. We'd always have to go to the lake or go to their house. So, yeah. she, you know, the routine was go to the fairway, buy cheap food, and then liquor store, and then their house. Yep. So yep. my sister's implicit biases, which is, like, biases that you don't recognize you have, mm-hmm. are not, they're so much less so. Like, me and my sister, we have an issue. I call her out. You know, we talk about it. We resolve it. That, I mean, literally, when you were talking about that, like, mm-hmm. that is one main thing I remember is, like, a Cinderella story. Mm-hmm. And it's like, when did you... So you became a rebellious teen, and you ran away every chance you got. When did you finally break yourself free of that situation? I think I stopped doing dramatic stuff. I guess I was able to hide it a lot better once I was... My parents were back for good. Okay. But I, I, couldn't, I couldn't stop. So Freshman year, so junior year? No. I, I think I just turned 15 because I was going to have a quinceanera, right? You know, mom came back. 15? Mom came back when I was in the seventh grade and she's been here since. Not seventh grade, first grade. I, I came up in I know, but how old were you, though? Six or seven. Sandbags, I'm dyslexic, so I'm getting my number. <laughs> <laughs> I'm dyslexic, too. I made no, the connection. We both were really dyslexic, baby. Just saying. Didn't even know she was dyslexic. I, I knew. Yeah. You're just like Sam. <laughs> I, was I bet you read the way slow, too, you fucking dick. <laughs> <laughs> Did you make fun of a guy in a wheelchair? No, I was just comparing. I bet you would. Hey, that's fine. He doesn't need that part. very observant. Park wherever you want, Brandon. It's fine. Amy Cap Parkland Putnam, right? Okay, so, so anyways. Was, so if I was six or seven, three years, the party would have been. I'm not, like I said, I shouldn't be doing this on, on my own here. No, it's fine. You've been fan. Because mm-hmm. I remember who my teacher was, and I was excited to tell her my mom came home. I think we were still forced to be around her. Yes. Maybe that's sure. what it's yeah. what I yeah. remember. Okay, well, I like, I, like, I, like I said, we, I felt like <laughs> Same that's thing, all crazy. we had. Like, you still tie it to that many years out, right? Than she does because you were forced to be around her, and it still was that. Yeah, like I still had to live yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. You know, we still forced to do sleepovers. Do your parents resent her for that? Um, so I didn't sure tell them. Parents. I didn't tell them like what was going on because I already knew what my mom's already hurting. Because she's not with us, yeah. Yeah, I'm not yeah. gonna about to tell her that we're getting treated and like already she feels like she's yes. negatively yes. affected. It could have been yeah. worse. It could have been worse. Yeah. So yeah, and my aunt, you know, never let us forget. You know, you should be grateful you're here yeah. and not in some foster care, being treated like shit and being po- you know passed around. Or but, like my foster care doesn't always mean it's any different for kids either. Though. Yeah. It no, can it, though. Yeah. It, well, it can. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. It, it just felt normal that because it was, this is how families act. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's literally, you know, so mm-hmm. that's why. And it, it probably was because, like I said, back, we were manipulated to, like, they were all we had, so we 
yeah, had to be with them. So like when she was back, you know, it was there was still that distance. Like you left us for a long time. I'm not gonna be giving you hugs and kisses right every time. Or I'm not. I don't want to be around you. We yeah. so picked her up yeah. from the airport. It was an she airport. Recognize? No, was it a no? I no. Was it was a, a bus stop. It was a bus stop, and I remember because my dad told us we're gonna come. You're gonna we're gonna pick up your grandpa. But I knew right when we got in the car, it was my mom. Because my dad had roses. We stopped mm-hmm. to get some roses. I was like... Grandpa likes roses, too. Like, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they do. But I knew something was off. And I was like, I knew it was my mom. So he was trying to surprise us. And I remember when... It was so weird because I never really seen her. I just seen her pictures and stuff yeah. like that. And I really didn't have that connection. But when she walked into the bus station, I knew who she was. I knew that was my mom. And I remember she was wearing the zip up navy blue, blue with sweater, with yeah. Mickey Mouse on it. Yeah. That's how uh impression. Yes, yes. Yeah, imprinted in the she, yeah, she used to have like make Doilies and stuff like that. Yeah, you know she had all this time. Yeah. So she yeah. would always send us her crafts and it was always Mickey Mouse. Yes. Isn't that crazy that like that you knew? Exactly. You That's knew what I was saying. Like was. it was it was crazy to me that I knew who she was right when she walked in. I'm like that's mom. And that and that's the I go through this all the time because everyone's always like, Oh, when your son's old enough to understand, he'll get it. Or it's a good thing he's going through a point in life right now where he doesn't know what's going on. The fuck he doesn't. Mm-hmm. Like I'm his dad and he knows that. Mm-hmm. And he senses that. I mean, obviously he calls your dad and all that. It's not the name, it's not the it's that emotional connection yeah. that is burned into that brain that you you knew who she was mm-hmm. and that that's crazy. It was crazy. But even before we did this, I even asked my, my mom some questions about it because I was still trying to fill in some gaps because yeah. I knew we were doing this. And I was like, wait, I have a couple questions. She did tell me that when she was in the process, when she had to go back to finish the pa- you know papers and stuff like that, she mentioned that, well, before I had my papers, I came twice, obviously the first time. Um, she was a year in here. Then she had my take a couple years after she had me. And then she had to go back because all of it was rocky. She had to get it fixed. But she said, during that time, your dad actually got me over here because you guys were crying so bad. And it broke him. So he knew he had to get mom here. Mm -hmm. So that's what he did. He sacrificed to get her here for a short period of time before she had to go back. Mm -hmm. So was so expensive. He's the only one working. So so I feel like that's another thing because she did come back. But yet again, like... That age, I didn't really recognize yeah, or know. Yeah, so yeah. when she had to go back, and then when she finally came, it was still weird to me. Like, that's mom. I mean, that's gonna be so emotionally hard on her as a parent to know she's losing. It's she like counting down to a mental break. Yeah, and you live your life she wanting would. to be a parent and to have that emotional connection with a kid and to have all those things that she missed out on, and not because she wanted to. Right. She did it for you guys. She she would but always then it also us. negatively affected it even more because right. of yeah. false perspective. Like, right. could yeah. you imagine being her that it didn't matter what, what she was doing? And you know, and it, I think being a mom really helped too. Yeah, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. I would she do anything. She she would always say when she was back there, she would have to every time when it came to a meal, she would break down crying, thinking about us being where we were. Yeah, and her Wondering, not being there. Are they being fed? No, are they eating tonight? Yeah. Well, she had to have known it was easier here than there. Cause they, cause they knew, like she knew they don't like me. They're gonna treat my kids like shit. Yeah. That's basically what it was. 
But it's that meal, like you said, it's that that connection of that meal. Yeah. Like, just, she tied everything to that, that that whole time, that's what she felt she was missing, but Mm -hmm. also was worried about you. Yeah. And I can tell, I asked Sam, I've talked about this many times, coming from having my two stepdaughters to my son, even before my son was there, I raised the two girls, and Mm -hmm. I went from single dude, all I did was work, to fast forward button, two kids, Dinner table, we sat every night and we had two. We had I went dinner. through your pictures the other day, by the way. Did you? Yeah, I tried to find the shittiest picture. <laughs> and I found You found a lot of the kids? I found a lot of the kids. <laughs> so it's like I gotta finally see like what you always spoke about. And um, it, it's kind of like filled in the gap. So. And isn't that crazy? Because you've been living this now for 10, 11 months. You didn't under, like, I've talked about it. But now you saw the pictures and you realize. I understand. Like but you've the seen biggest thing is that kitchen yeah. table. Right. At night we would always sit down and we would have dinner. No. And I would come home from work and we would, you were home and you had dinner and you had, that was the time you, that time you reflected on what they learned at school, what they did. And we used to do this thing and actually, thank God to one of my friends, Hillary, that was close with us and she got close with the girls. We would sit at the table and every night we would do one good thing that happened today. And one thing you're thankful for. Thank you. And we would go around the table. And my friend Hillary, and kind of, because of her parents, this was a thing when she was a child. It was really cool to me that the girls had, they would go around and whatever it was. And but also me and my ex-wife, who wasn't thankful for a lot of things, had to say what she was thankful for. Even at 30-some years old, made her start to have to. About. Which creates a positive mindset. Yeah, and, and so what we're doing for the kids, what I was putting in place for the kids, was doing that for a 35-year-old woman who was never been able to do that, have that outlook at the end of the day. But we did that for a long time, and so now the dinner table is really hard for me. I don't ask Sam, I eat mini corn dogs and pizza rolls every night for dinner. Not I don't even want true. <laughs> Not even. This man... Make some pecan wings that were fire. That is true. When I want to cook, I cook, but I have a really hard time at that table. Mm-hmm. And like you, know, that her, the connection was a little different of because you guys, if you were eating or not. But mine is I can't sit and have that because it was such an emotional connection to me that out of everything lost, everything. I mean, unfortunately, I'm having a hard enough time getting to my son, let alone the two girls that she can take with. I will, I, say, right to. Right. I will say his ability to bounce back is amazing, though. And that's that, That's part of what I like. So we, we both, I think we've got some probably seasonal depression, let alone, like, we, we sometimes I just don't want to talk to anybody, and so I won't answer my phone to save a life. Sam, I almost didn't come in. Like, yeah, he, was, he really didn't. I was like. He got to my house, and I was like. No. I didn't. I really didn't. This first time I've ever been. Like, you don't understand, been, like, You got to go. No. I had to look out for me. Like, I have shit to do. I have things to do. And yeah. he just kept pushing. I was like, the motherfucker won't listen to me. <laughs> I fucking... Like, I was like, this is the first there. time I've actually opened up and said, I need myself. And he was like, well, let's go. And I'm like, okay. No, no. And I said... And listen. he helped me a little bit before to help alleviate some of the things I had going on. I'm but sure the I did. Yeah, that's well, why we, yeah. we worked Once on I got it. in the car, though. I was like, come on, let's go. Like, my motivate. Like, that's... But at first, I fell in love with Brandon's work ethic and his attitude. Because he helped me get out of my funks sometimes when I would be in a funk. And he's just like, well, let's start digging. And so that's what I did. I did the same shit back to him. Fuck you, Brandon. I'm sorry. <laughs> and when we left, I was like, I really was not a good movie. I said, cool. You can do your work in the car. I'll hotspot. I'll fucking hotspot. And I was like, <laughs> oh, I can't 
Damien's solution. Damien's solution. Yeah, dyslexic. Yeah, dyslexic. Yeah, dyslexic. At first, I was like, this is going to be awful. I'm not going to fucking want to talk the whole time there. I'm going to get on here and do this. I was this is, a, this is a tough thing to do. Yeah, like, it is. For you guys to jump on and do it, but for us to, we do it enough yeah. that you have yeah. to. Sometimes you either live their trauma with him or you try to lighten up. Yeah. And that, like I said, you listen in the wrong line. direction. Because when I started this, I was in a dark place and I just needed to get it off my chest. But I was also, I felt so very lonely because the pandemic and the derecho and everything I was going through. I was like, but like, something told me I just need, we were talking about it. The podcast thing. And I listened to a lot of podcasts doing my job. Because mm-hmm. I'd be like, hey, what are you listening to? I spend, podcasts. And I was like, all right, cool. I spent a lot of time I being alone. Listening to podcasts I know, that's why I was so weird. I was like, <laughs> but it's, a, it's becoming a big thing. It, it, saved, it saved my life. I, I won't lie. Like, I yeah. spent a lot of time being alone and listening to podcasts and just hearing laughter and hearing people communicate, mm-hmm. like, still helped. I think, like I said, it takes a certain mindset. And like you, you almost failed it right before we walked in. Yes. Yeah. But there's a lot of like, I think you almost failed for a lot of different reasons too. But it's it's nice to get on and once you realize what the conversation is and what it is, like bringing you Brandon talk about in. what you want to. You don't you talk you don't have to yeah. talk about things you don't want to. And that's with your story, like you don't have to give that in depth. Like when we say what's the most traumatic, you get that decision of yeah. what comes out of your mouth. Right. You, I you had to curse all day today. Right. But, <laughs> <laughs> but there's well, also a, yeah. you feel there's a pressure. Like, right. And think about mine, it. I felt. I had so much, I, and literally, I, I was, I was, I had bullet points for him. I was ready to go. I kept him on track. But Sam didn't know my story either. We had been, uh, we grew I, up together. There were things I told him not to tell me. So when we first started connecting about me doing this, he's like, can't come on. And I started to say what was going to happen. And I said, on my wedding, and he goes, stop. Uh, there's, so he having, could tell there was enough emotion. Having Brandon here, I get to be more silly, whereas... Before I had to like I had to be more organized and have more bullet points, but now like I can bring. We both uh, can. We can. We go can back bring. We can highlight the dark spots. Yep. So, so anyways, we, so yes, we'll back, get back to it. I, back to it. I would like to know now. You kind of start coming towards more towards adulthood and like growing up a little bit after this is all happened. Your mom's back and there's been all these emotions. I'm just gonna put it right out there. What's in your life? Like what was it? I had a come to Jesus moment. Everybody does. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not everybody, I guess. Sorry. Yeah. No, me and Garrett just podcasted last week. We called it the aha moment. Uh-huh. We just, I just did a podcast, and literally the same thing came out. Just yeah. all different. Yes. Um, I was in a very dark place um, in an abusive relationship, and I just felt stuck. And I was like, what the fuck am I doing? Come on, Mate. I wasn't yeah. that bad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that you could forgive him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, and just kidding. That was a joke. <laughs> some, some people think it's sarcasm. and physically abusive or more? Both. Both. He was an alcoholic. Okay. What, and it, do you think the me, emotional had more of an impact? So my dad used to be an alcoholic. Okay. So to me, this was normal. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's the whole, you find somebody just like your parents. Yeah, and you live in that rut. You, just, you, know you fall back into the yeah. rut. And you, just, you got yeah. shaped yeah. into yeah. it, yeah. yeah. And you know that that's not normal, but when you fall in that rut, mm-hmm. it's hard, yeah. So do you, you think, don't know. What? <laughs> Sorry. Did you drink that beer? When you grow up, all right. So when I when I told my story, I didn't even list my best friend passing away as my major trauma. You don't know if you grow up abnormally. <laughs> I can 
answer. Why are you taking you a second to breathe? Story? Bro? The story's like, not you that don't hard know. for you to curl, bro. If you grow up, the way you grow up is relative to you. So what is normal to you is not normal to me. Exactly. Which is, I mean, a lot. The way people looked at me differently through school mm-hmm. is because they didn't know how I grew up. Yeah. I mean, honestly, when I switched to Macomb Valley for two years, they heard I was mean. It's because I grew up fighting a lot. You knew my brother. He was such a narcissistic asshole. Yeah. He would pick fights with people, and he'd be like, why would I fight with you when my little brother could kick your ass? Which meant I had to fucking fight this guy bigger and stronger and fucking meaner than me. And so I had to be meaner and bigger and stronger. And so like I only got that aggression out on the football field. So I was known... And even anybody who went to school with me heard I was a hitter, and it's because I was fucking mean. Well, but I wasn't that person, and once I decided... I was such a hitter in football, my brother died yeah. from football season, and I just yeah. would annihilate somebody. Like, but So I tell my daughter all the time, like, I was a bully up until a certain point, and I drew a line, and I was like, that's not where I want to be. And it still is. Bullies you to go to Tamar. I, I was too. When you don't want to go to Tamar, you bullies you fucking right This is why right we it. bonded. I used to bully kids. Yes, I, yes. I want to tell you guys, I cannot see that. Yes. Fuck you guys' feelings, okay? <laughs> so, that's what I'm saying. Like, even growing up, I feel like to be the angel because she was a bad kid. And same thing with school. She was no titled you as looked a up bad the wrong kid. People. I made no, sure I, was, I had held the title at home. I, and at school. You made, then, like, and so made, then, so when they found out we were sisters, like, you're sisters with oh, her. You, you don't want to fuck around. But, uh, but like, they were like, we you're so situational opposite. Yes. Do you think it was you having to be dominant because then you weren't vulnerable to anybody else's emotions? You were just in charge of what was going to happen? You Uh, think that's what it was? Yeah, I had a lot of, I'm not going to let you in, so I'm going to be mean to you so you don't have a reason to hurt me. Yep. Yeah, so you being strong is you being weak as hell. Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. And I had, it was a guy in my grade. And he told me, he's like, if you're going to be a bitch for the rest of your life, you're just going to end up lonely. Yeah. Wow. I was like, and, and I'm sorry. We're going to go back on this. And I don't mean to go to my story. No, you're good. My wife. Yeah. A lot of traumatic things as a child. She has borderline personality disorder. I'm pretty sure I did too. Really? Yeah. Which just stemmed from yeah. childhood yeah. trauma. Yes. Um, and a lot of times, and now we're going to connect on it. It's weird. But <laughs> yeah. she hates being vulnerable vulnerable to somebody having control of her emotions to where they could affect her if they wanted to. And so she has to control that. Mm -hmm. And so she will dominate you and act like she's so powerful. Your emotions don't mean shit, but it's all based off the fact that she's so weak. She is literally so weak and weak and so not in control. Uh She's doing the opposite to, because of that. Um, I did have one attempt to go to therapy because, you know, I've talked to a few people who know bits and pieces Mm -hmm. growing up around here. It's a small town. Um, I did try to do therapy and they're like, yeah, we think you got, you know, this, this, this. And I'm like, all right. Yeah, fuck this. I'm like, you're telling me shit I already know. (laughs) So when I was a kid, my mom, like I told you, undiagnosed schizophrenic, she took us to therapists all the time. Yeah. Try to figure out what we were, the way we were, when actually she was the problem. Right. And so I got diagnosed with opposition defiance disorder and which is like i guess a precursor to being like bipolar or yeah but that, it's, it's all but i was being a child that is exactly. to their parents like, so they diagnose a lot of kids with this so when i was later on in life because i got put on adderall at like fucking eight can you imagine being like 
I couldn't sleep. I couldn't eat. I lost weight. I was fucking angry all the time. No. And it's like, I was a happy kid, but I was just hyper. I should have. And then. Screwed my it life up at eight. <laughs> it messed me up. And so, and this is, this is things that I haven't said yet. Like, that, that diagnosis followed me into when I had my daughter, Leela, uh, I tried to fix my relationship. I tried to save my relationship, and I went to see a therapist. And they pulled out a file, and they go, this is you. They said, whoa, whoa, whoa. Where the hell did you get that book? I wish you know they wrote a book. Well, man, I wish we had a clean slate, because that's not me. That's my mom saying it's me. You know what I mean? Or that's a therapist listening to my mom say it's me. But you couldn't, you couldn't say no. You couldn't say that wasn't me. Yeah, like, your parents. She's like, no, you know it's you. Well, leading is the first son of a liar, right? It's like, my that mom. shit does, you know, I'm back in the corner of. Yeah, and my mom to was... To defend yourself, you look even more... As a black... Up. <laughs> you look more fucked up, but... Uh, my mom so how was, are we just uh, fine? You talk, I'll listen. came from a gigantic family, like 15 kids. And she was the problem child. She was the black sheep, and we were the kids of the black sheep. Like, So for a long time, I mean years, I didn't have my mom in my life because... You know, some of the, those issues, and she backed them up with, well, this is what doctors said to do. It's like, well, doctors aren't always right, and you were supposed to be my mom. You were supposed to protect me. You were supposed to be the one that... But I learned sometimes that the ones that love you are the ones that throw you to the wolves first. Well, I'm, I won't go too far. I want to get back to her story, but... Absolutely, Doctors yeah. being right, that's... No. That can screw up somebody's life in general. It like, absolutely did for a long time. My wife saw a psychiatrist this whole time. Of, I want to fix it. I want to be better. And she did. She would go get help. Because I'm leaving if you ain't getting fucking help. Yeah. And this some bitch diagnosed her with this. And so we go through six months of going on for that, trying to fix it. And then it's like, okay, that some bitch is stupid as I thought. Then we go find somebody else. And we find somebody else. And after the wedding, I was like, to make this work, you have to go talk to ten sons of bitches. Like, I want ten. We're going to take the majority. Whatever that answer is that they yeah. say is wrong. Now we're gonna, we're gonna take the percent, and then we're gonna go with that. But we are not once again going off one person's mentality. But also, but, that, but that's why because yeah. there can be so many false. I don't your care. Your mom, your mom put things into play, or mm-hmm. whatever, or they don't get the full story out. They don't get the full what they're dealing with out. Yeah. And so, did you you saw somebody and did it help at all? Did you have you been back since maybe? Talking did you leave counsel? that situation feeling worse than when you walked in? I wasn't ready to deal with that yet. I was okay. like, all right, I'm ready. Yep, yep. I was like, I know I need therapy. And once it starts um, Yeah, it out. so it, it was more of, I was drinking every night. Um, and then doing, you know, other stuff during the day just to get me through the day. Yeah. So, you know, pies to go through the day. And then blows. Down. At yeah. night, you know, melody. Riding out of the way. Yeah. yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm not a surfer. So, I'm not a surfer. <laughs> so, you know, doing that for so many years. Me too. <laughs> Yeah, well, and you have to be ready. Yeah. You have to have an aha moment. Yeah. There has to be that moment that you start to go, okay, what I'm doing is not. Can I take a guess at what your come to Jesus moment was before you tell me? So, yeah, go ahead. Was it having a baby? No. No, I didn't think so. But I knew that having kids significantly changed your life. Um, So this ex-boyfriend, he's an alcoholic. I got off from work. He locked me out of his house. I was living in his house. His family. Because um, he so was all like, his yeah. Bye, girl. Because he was more like, if this is going to work, you have to do this. Or I'm done. Okay, I had Because he was able to then control what you were doing. Ultimatum. I don't even have to yeah. know. And that's yep. what that, yep. 
So I had a job. I had my own car. He did not have any of those things. Oh. So whatever he lacked, I got. Yeah. Relationship. Yeah. So one day I got home from work. He was like fucking trashed. And he broke all my stuff. Ripped all my clothes, all my nice stuff. My jewelry, fucking ripped them up. Every piece. So he's not a religious person. So anything mm. religious piece I had, busted it. And then in that moment, I was so heated. And I knew he was fucking wasted. And I got up and I told him, I was like, what the fuck is this? And so he was wasted and he fucking head me. Oh. I wake up from the floor and I'm like, whoa, what the fuck just happened? I blacked out. I don't know how long I blacked out for. He stole my car. So all night I'm trying to find my fucking car. I'm scared to call my parents so I can know oh, what happened. Um, I end up calling like one of my friends. And this isn't, you know, just around town. They live, you know, on a settlement. Mm-hmm. So I had to go around trying to find my fucking car. At like, you know, so I get off at 11. It was probably, what, 2, 3 a.m.? Trying to find my car. Jesus. So in the morning, I end up locating my car. And I see him and another female in my car, drinking. I was lit. I blacked out a little bit. There was a two by four oh, on the floor. Oh, no. <laughs> I blacked out there was a two by four. That's not going anywhere. Have you ever seen me walking tall? <laughs> it wasn't too big. I was more of, I want to scare them. Yeah. I opened up my fucking car. <laughs> walking <and> tall. <laughs> You're pretty much going the direction I expected. <laughs> You don't want me to spread a little bit you of you everywhere. Yeah, you definitely have <laughs> and some. I, and I was like, some ammo. Yeah. I was 18. Yeah. I couldn't touch her. I was like, and you get the fuck out of my car. Get the fuck out of here. And she gathered all her shit and got the fuck out and went inside her house. And he was sitting here trying to beg me. No, don't do this. I'll change. This is like the third time he's done this. Bad time. change. Those For two sure. words right there just gave me fucking goosebumps. Yeah. They're the most traumatic two words I've ever heard. Yes. You know... This time it's gonna be different. No, different. I, I was. So Will you stab at the words? <laughs> I was just so heated. I was waving that fucker. I was like, "Don't ever fucking contact me. Don't this fucking touch me." This is where my story me. went wrong. I didn't have a fucking two by four. Uh, so I ended up driving back to my house to go to the place <coughs> to pick up all my shit. I ended up listening to Slipknot on the way there, so I was fucking ready. I was lit. There was a. AC in the window. I, I kicked that motherfucker. Like, slip not instead of going to football field. <laughs> <laughs> I know where she was. I know what she was yeah. trying to do. Like, I'm going to fucking destroy a motherfucker. And, you know, nobody was home. Everybody was at work doing school stuff. And uh, I broke everything I could in there. I got to throw a Sherry through a window playlist, by the way. We're going to go right here. <laughs> so as you watch this happen here, how did you feel? Because she was in that relationship since high school. They met in high school. So even before their relationship, she, she was a bad kid. And it would piss me <laughs> off because the damage she did to my parents. And this, I caused a lot of fights between them. But no, not even fights, but like the my mom was like so upset. Like, what did I do wrong? 
what, how could this happen? Like, what could I do to help her? Because so when she was so there, now, she thought she was doing I come from a lot of, like, work. messed up sibling situations. So I'm going to stop it again. With that anger of and I, what she's doing to the parents. Did you have an emotion of you knew who she was and you knew she was better than that? And it hurt you to yes, know that even she wasn't that too? able to yes, find that person? Yes, Because it pissed me off because she would surround herself. Because she, before all of this, she was trying to find, like, some good people especially around her quincey time, like, mm-hmm. that group, it was perfect. It was, I mean, they would still get into things, but it was a positive outlet, yeah. positive people. Then it went kind of downhill from that, and it would cause issues between the family. And I was, it was drugs. I was, I was, and I was always, I was a shy person. I kept to myself, so I was I'm always coming from the same because I know, and there's yeah. a lot of reasons, you know, I have siblings that same thing. I'm coming from your perspective. I was on the yeah. sideline of seeing everything, so I felt like I needed to be a good kid because she was acting out. But it yeah. would piss me off because it affected my parents and just the way my mom was because she was home all the time. And yeah. she sometimes would say she would cry herself to sleep because of all the shit that was going on. So did you her. have more emotion towards the anger for her doing it? Or did you have more emotion towards the... I wish I could help her because I know she's No, the anger for sure. Can I say that? I'm <laughs> That's crazy because like, I live on the opposite side of that. Of I want to be angry with what my siblings are doing to my parents, but I know who they could be. And I, it definitely and I felt, it depends on who you are. And, and I think it was also because like I wanted this picture-perfect family, so she was ruining it for us. Mm-hmm. So it would piss me off when she would act out, get in trouble, get home so late, and I'm just like going in her room like, what the fuck? Yeah. So when did you come to the reality that no family is picture perfect, and there's no picture perfect family? Just the way I grew up, and yep. just like, and I, like I said, I kept quiet. I was a quiet person in school. I was, and plus I was also seeking love and attention because I never got it as a kid. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I just always kept to myself or whatnot, sat in the sidelines when all of this would happen. But when it would happen, I put all my anger towards her mm-hmm. because of how it affected. Uh, so did my you parents, ever hit a yeah. point where you realize that I felt like this isn't no just one... a your family. This is a big, there's, everybody yeah. goes through this. Yeah. Really some way. Was there a point where you're like, <laughs> you got rid of that mentality of it being picture perfect and it, that it wasn't going to yeah. be? I don't when she had that aha moment, did it affect you differently? Did you see her change? Yes, 100%. Um, she was more focused on, I mean, I know she didn't want to come back home because it was kind of like, an embarrassment and humiliation to her. My mom already wanted me home. Home. And she, she, she she wanted me to come home and she, she understood what was happening. Yeah. She thought but, she could fix the issue. Yeah. And when she came but back for I, a short I was, period. I was for, mad and I didn't want to come home and say, you're right. Yeah. I wasn't going to prove you know that. Why? Two reasons. She was young. Anybody they're right. Yeah. Let's be real. Yeah. So I, I 100% agree with that. Oh, shit. Sorry, I blew up. I also looked up to the wrong people. Like, my brother was this, like, golden cat. And, like, he... And he was. I grew up with... He hit every branch on the way down, and he wanted to be the lead, like, the leader of every branch until he eventually found a branch he couldn't go lower than. And it it sucked. And he never had that aha. People looked at him... They never... They continued to give him second chances. Every Way past the point of what he deserved it. Way past nice. the point. I don't think... And I was the more. shit that was left over, to be honest. Mm-hmm. And so, like, it sucked. I mean, it sucked to... Like, I worked my ass off. And I'm still working my ass off but, to get out. But did it suck? Because to this day, is it... 
to get out from underneath that yeah, shadow. It'd be like who you are, who you are, and the mentality you have as a person because that happened. It'd be like it'd be like I mean, it's a shed perspective. I found out that negative reinforcement can still be a learning lesson. It, did, and it was, and that could be. It, it was. was in your situation. It was. We still don't have a relationship to this day. I took him in after his second stint in prison, and he was living in a apartment for a year before his friend Chris got murdered. Like, Chris, uh, he got busted outside the apartment a month before uh, Chris got murdered, and he was living in Chris's apartment. Like, he was, yeah, they were they were involved in some, some dirty shit, and yeah. my brother went missing for a year because he started being dirty again. And, and you know, for... He had a baby. Like, he couldn't change for that baby, and that, that blew me away. Like, my daughter is my everything. I quit smoking well, 10 years ago. But that, that's the difference between people's aha moment. That negative reinforcement for me was but, my... But for your brother, like, for me, it was a kid. Granted, Caden was alive, but it was my, like... I'm not living to potential that Caden should have and could yeah. have. I'm a good person. Yeah. He should have that in his life. And I'm not giving that to him. That yep. was my aha moment. Yep. Your brother, a kid, was not that aha moment. And he's still trying to find that damn aha well, moment. Well, he got out of his second stint of prison, lived with me. I had to kick him out the day of the derecho because it was like that I saw him go back to the dark side. And it's like for so long he was doing so good. And I was, but I realized my brother, he wants to prove everything to you until he thinks he proved it to you. And then he goes back to doing mm-hmm. what he wants to do. So with you, when you, when you decided to make that change, yeah. was there ever a revert like his brother? Did you ever go back to living maybe an unhealthy relation, like lifestyle? Or did you just, once it happened, you went for it? Because sometimes you do have a, a second aha moment where it's like, oh yeah, I forgot why no, I forgot this. No, so, so I like focus on my job and I work at a convenience store. I'm... You know, I got a lot of attention. So, you know, I was like, dude, I have options. Yeah. You know? I have <laughs> options. Damn, <laughs> it gas. <laughs> and I pushed the button and turned the pump over. Hey, let so, me move them supplies for you. Uh, so, I mean, I think there I was just kind of like, all right, you know, I don't have to keep going back. Yeah. Just because it's normal to me. But not even going back to that. It's a self-respect for yourself. Mm-hmm. It's... You now have a different perspective for yourself and you start mm-hmm. to put boundaries in place, right? And that's you yeah. doing that without knowing you're doing it. Right. You're putting boundaries in place of, I want to do that back. because I don't have to. That's my and stop loss right there. Mm-hmm. It's now your life forward. You have a boundary of what you will and you won't deal with. Yep. Did you ever go back to losing those boundaries again or did you always stuck true to those boundaries? You never hit that stop loss? Never like felt that. If that makes sense. Like, yep. So, yeah. So, when I was back at home, um, I was still dealing with a lot of shit, you know? And it was, okay, when I was with that person, they provided all these drugs. I can't get those now. So, now, find something else. Okay. Or? And um, it was to see how far I can go with my current place. So, you did revert? Yeah. You just, it, so, it wasn't, like, a straightforward... Right. It, I was just getting better and, like, finding different stuff. So you weren't better, you just were doing it a different way. Yeah, basically. Like you think, yeah. The things you were doing maybe were better. Right, right. But and you I weren't to, better yeah. as in you were still doing the things that you actually right, were. Right, right. So at what point did you actually <coughs> have that moment of forward? Where things went forward? 
I mean, there was you no could backwards. still be working on yourself, yes, too. Yes, but things were no longer able to go backwards. You weren't going to allow them to, and it was all about growth. But I know, yeah, like, I know you're a hell of a mom. Like, I know that you put your kids first. Yeah. So, I know you're engaged. Like, that's, did you get married soon? So, like, that's a big deal. Yeah. Like, you've been with your Clearly, man for a long we time. Said, we said a mirror walked out here not too long ago. Yeah, we did. <laughs> we should show the mirror off. It was, yeah, it's pretty cool. Go get the mirror, Sam. So, like... Is oh, there hey, Sam, go get the mirror on the edge of that couch. Is there any possibility of falling backwards? Now? What? It's like going backwards of like Oh, oh. I, I thought you meant dropping the mirror. I was like, no. what are you talking yeah, about? I'm gonna throw this mirror across the <laughs> No, is there any like are you at a point in life where you have you're you've become over that but you have that mentality of constant growth and you will never be that again and you will ensure that every day? Yes, not until I realized, like, I'm a role model to my sisters, and, you know, I treated them different because I was like, I don't want to be another person that's going to be absent. Yeah, that's amazing. So I want them to be uh, confident to do stuff because a lot of my insecurities is, like, insecurities my mom pushed on me. Yeah. So you, yeah. you and it was learned, there, are you, on the securities you have and the things you've learned in life, do you think they come a lot from your sister? I guess so, and back to what she was kind of saying, I guess even with everything, we never got along while we were living together, but it wasn't until when she moved down where we actually created that bond. Yeah, it's of me like, and Alan, my older brother Alan, same thing. Uh, each other yeah, up. yeah. He's yeah, the one I look up to. Mm-hmm. So did, did you develop off of watching her? Well, Watching her, yes, because I wanted to succeed. I didn't want to follow in her footsteps. So, I knew so I could do better. You didn't, yeah. learn, you didn't learn from her changes of yeah. positive perspective. You learned but from my dad's rules yes. when I moved back, it was either you go to school or you go to work. I That's picked, so. I'm going to go to work. I don't want to go to school. Either and, way, I mean, yeah. yeah. You, yeah. you guys need some gas. <laughs> going to work. <laughs> so we just picked different, you know, yeah. and I feel yeah. like she's like, okay, well, I see what it's like to do that. I'm going to move, you know. And Speaking of making your relationship better Let's with your sister. It. Here, hold this. Don't drop it. Oh, that's, that's fucking up. So, it's a happily ever. It's very hard to see in the ever after moment. Very hard to see in the reflection. Yeah. I think. Uh, but obviously, a mirror from the wedding and a good perspective of where you are now. Yeah. And where you're going. That's a momentum of. You got to a place that you found someone who's worthy to. Yeah. My inner child way. is like, whoa, yeah. we're here. But well, I never you, thought I was. Not even before you, and she you had found kids, what you so. say boundaries. Right. Even, Go before, ahead. even before she even um, had kids, my mom got pregnant, so we had another sister. She really took her under her wing. They still have the greatest relationship to this day. Uh, I focus. I don't know. I'm not sure if I want to cut this out or not, but no, it's just ahead. like we can cut it out later. You just, say it and we'll, we'll cut it if you want to. Just I don't know, like when she moved back. Well, she was Michelle was I was still in elementary when she was born, so she, you were still at the house in high school, middle school, whatnot. But she took. I feel like that was another aha moment, like you said, like it's my she, second chance. Yeah. Yes, to show her to be a role model, yes. to be a good person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you know what that is. And we talked about this, and you don't even know what this. That's what this is. It's me and Sam's podcast. <laughs> it was to take your story, yeah. and to be a positive influence right. on somebody, yeah. or to let your story still be a negative thing. And you chose. Brandon, I think that is your story to be an influence. 
Brandon, Debbie's calling. Uh, my phone's like Debbie over there? I th- so let's go back. We'll just wrap it up. <laughs> now I, you definitely have found this life that you're happy with, mm-hmm. and you have obviously you're able to be here by her side and say yes. she's doing the right thing. Or you want yes. to be here, right. absolutely. And you got to cooperate that she's not a liar. <laughs> well, I, I felt like I was I mean, corrected maybe, a couple of things, she's, but she's shifty. I, I was I was on a lot of drugs, so oh, a lot I, of stuff is you know yeah. mixed. But, yeah. but that's not the bulk of the story. Right? No, the so. drugs, and that's like mine. Drugs fucked Just, it up and turned it a different direction. I mean, it, it helped, you know. So, yeah. anybody who tells you drugs won't fix your problem is wrong. They will fix your problem right, temporarily, yes. but they will exacerbate your problem in the long run. And if, if everyone had that actual mindset going into doing the drugs, like I fully thought I was doing the right thing. I don't know if yours were just like, Numbing it, you didn't think that far. Mm-hmm. I mean, mine was enough of money, house, things like that. But a lot of people, they become oblivious to what's going on mm-hmm. because the drugs help numb that. Yep. But I, I'm proud of where you are. Mm-hmm. I'm happy for you. Yeah. Thank you for I'm telling really, your story. Yeah. I'm really that. happy for you to be at a place and that <laughs> you get to be able to bring this story to people yeah. and to have an outlook. And I'm happy that we're so fun. I remember you, said, you, you know, all talking about how you want to snap up that Pepsi guy. All yeah. this growth and you still are making bad decisions, but it's fine. <laughs> There's got to be some more room for growth later in life. Listen, if but you weren't making bad decisions, yeah. you wouldn't be here. It's good. It's a good feeling when you get to see somebody else who has been in a bad position, been in that place, mm-hmm. and they found their way there. Uh, yeah. Like, people tell me all the time, people who grow up in survival, you know, mm-hmm. in life. Yep. And then there's people who... They can't have a um, normal life. Like, grow up with love. Yep. Two different... Yep. And so... And I, I feel like mine was survival. It was. And sure. hers was different, you know? So I... Weirdly yeah. enough, I'm a big quote guy. We yeah. a lot of quotes. <laughs> oh, we are... <laughs> oddly that we do this quotes. and we have quotes, but yeah. I just fucking was watching a video this morning on one, and it says there's... It's like a light switch, okay? Mm-hmm. There's survival... And winning. Survival and winning. And you get to choose whether you flip that switch from survival to winning or not. And you can continue to live in survival or you flip it to winning. Or whatever you want to make that word. I'm also a big quotes guy. Um, And when it comes to to men, I think I said earlier. What's that? I said except you just read them backwards. Ah, well, yeah, because I'm dyslexic. Thank you. Do you smell my bird? So I wanna I wanna say that I, I made a quote earlier and it it still applies and especially now like I'm sure I'm sure with Randy you felt you felt butterflies so when you feel fireworks and sparks and lightning that's not it it's it's butterflies because like and the problem with living in survival so long is you become addicted to those you need that lightning you need that excitement but because like, you're so low it needs to be a, a but, quick boost you know. To anybody who's been through it, never discourage progress, no matter how you know slowly it is. If you if they continue to show progress, like you continue to invest in but that. Also, and understand that things don't always go forward. There is those times yeah. they may revert. You need to you need to learn to put your stop loss mm-hmm. like that. It's that wall to let you know that you'll never fall so far back. The the ground is raised. Like you know, oh, I've hit rock bottom. Well, rock bottom is no longer here. It's here. 
it's it's a little bit higher and a little bit higher because you know you have that much more respect for yourself and you built yourself up. And I, and like I said, honestly, we're happy that you're at that place. And, and when that's you're what making, this is about when you're making find people that did it without and to yeah. bring that forward. And I think yeah. it's important to our guests if they feel that this story could help them. Yeah. When you reach out to us and good choices to reach out to us, and I think we could reach out to you if there's people. And I think that's the point of you doing this. It's a big to be able to do that and to feel like you're doing that for somebody. So if you guys feel like this story definitely could help you and yeah. there's questions you have, reach out to us. We can reach out to her. Um, yep. But, I, and we always say that. I mean, yep. If you're making good Sam choices for yourself, that's, that's luck. Good luck and bad luck is all the choices you make. But Sam and I don't have all the answers. Yeah. And that's why we continue to do this over We've got, and over and over. It's not even close to half the answers. Not so. Half. But yeah. this is why we do it is to continue to bring more perspective to what we do. And we appreciate you for that. Yeah. We appreciate you sitting in, almost, even of though course. you almost failed. <laughs> I, knew, I told you you'd be comfortable once we did it. Right. And even from a sibling's point of view, if you have questions, I'm sure she would definitely be willing to answer through us of um, how she got through that, how she watched that, how she kept that mindset of she wanted the best for her sister. And when it happened, she was able to give her her love and not act out of anger. Get all of us at the uh, Get Real Podcast 365 at gmail.com. And that, I would say, will wrap up our podcast. Debbie! Oh, Debbie's here. Get in here, bitch. <laughs>